Lawyers, solicitors, promoters, who needs them? But are these people going to be the reason why the big clash on April the 23rd does not go ahead? Also, Josh Warrington makes history and becomes a two-time world champion last Saturday night. We'll be discussing that. Are we set for the huge rematch between Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk? Richard Riakapur takes another step closer towards a world title shot. And could we be set for a huge British domestic clash at £158? This is Fessel Khan for Lights Out, proudly sponsored by Spartans Law. And this is Podcast 50. Yes, you heard me right, guys. Podcast 50. Half a century, not out, still going strong of the Lights Out Boxing Podcast. Once again, proudly sponsored by Spartans Law. Delighted to be joined by the MVP, the main face, the champ that runs the camp, the Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> of Lights Out, the man who's got a tremendous blendedly hidden haircut. A lovely shaped up beard looking like Virat Kohli. It's most in good shit, aka Ron. Ron, how are you, mate? Very good, very good. Congratulations on the 50 mark. Man, wow, where, where's that time gone? I still remember making our first pod uh, many, many years ago. It was in the back room of your mum's house, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. As dodgy as that sounds. <laughs> but no, it was, though. It, that's yeah. what the, um, Do you remember the topic? The... Uh, Bellew versus Hay. Gosh, now we were, that was number one. Canelo GGG two, and I did say that Bellew is going to knock out Hay, and you guys slandered me for it. Oh, well, how wrong we we were! And literally two and a half thousand subscribers later, four years later. Wow, time has flown by. But listen, you know we we're blessed, man, to get to podcast yeah. number fifty, and hopefully this time next year will be podcast one hundred and fifty. Absolutely, man. You've been doing some great content, great work recently. Uh, uh, fast. I mean, you're rubbing shoulders with the likes of Johnny Nelson and co. And Adam Smith. I'm surprised yeah. you've got time for our little little fish here. Well, I'm not the one that didn't uh, receive an invite to my little brother's wedding now, was I? So, uh, <laughs> but no, um, after a few weeks out of the country in Pakistan, it was time to get back down to work. And we was at the show, um, the Sky Sports show on Saturday night at the SSE Arena in Wembley, some good local channel, a, a good main event. And it was nice to, like, get the old camera out again and get the content uploaded. Mm. Um, before we get started, I just want to remind the viewers out there, if they haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Um, it would be a massive help to us on the road to 3,000. And if you can, just give us a follow on all the social media platforms. Links are on the screen and below in the description. And if you're going to be listening to any of these um, on the audio platforms, uh, they'll be uploaded within the next day or so. So make sure you follow us on Spotify. And yeah, you guys know what you need to do. Just keep the support going. And uh, before we do get started, I just want to thank everybody for all the latest subscriptions and you know all the latest follows on social media. Without you guys, none of this is possible. Um, we've got an action-packed podcast today. This could go on for some time, Ron. So Alyssa, I know you've been busy dancing and throwing 20-pound notes the last few weeks, but Listen, we've got a lot to talk about, so I hope you're ready for it. We'll start off with um, what went down on Talk Sport. Then again, what doesn't go down on Talk Sport, especially with that Simon Jordan there? It just seems like the number one hotspot for these mm. topics to, to go to a whole new level. But as we all know, April the 23rd is round the corner. Wembley, WBC heavyweight title, Tyson Fury, Dillian White, rare, rare, rare. But it just 
I'm not filled with any confidence of that fight happening. And the reason being is because of what went down in TalkSport. Frank Warren and um, Dillian White's solicitor, lawyer, Jeffrey Benz, ended up in a heated clash on TalkSport, you know, talking about contract obligations and money that's owed. I mean, Ron, first of all, I know you had a, a busy weekend, but you managed to watch what went, well, listen to what <laughs> went down on TalkSport. What's, what, what, what's your thoughts on it, mate? I was just madness. I mean, I totally agreed with Simon Jordan and they just need to, just two of them, get together in a room and just hash out, clear up the misunderstandings. Um, you know, it kind of worries me. You know, they're kind of clashing like that. Um, and Dillian White's kind of standing firm that he's not going to get involved in any sort of promotional kind of publicity, promoting the fight. Um, this is a fight we, you know, we've been really excited for for quite some time. Two really good personalities in boxing as well. You'd you'd love to see a face to face face off with these two, um, but it's getting a little bit ugly now. You know, obviously we know that Dillian didn't turn up when he should have done uh, from Portugal. You know, he was even offered a private plane to come down. Um, there was obviously issues with using his image as well. They didn't want him to use uh, his image on the on the posters. It's just like, come on, for fuck's sake, just get it sorted. You know. Uh, I've been uh, from learning from that, hearing about escrows, uh, you know, that wasn't agreed or that was agreed. Uh, complete mess, complete farce at the moment. Can, can, look, I mean, I obviously listened to what went down on Talk Sport, right? Mm. And this had been coming for a while. You know, was that the, the uh, launch press conference where Dinian White never turned up? Did this had been brewing for a while? You know, we Dinian White's not got in involved in any of the promotional side of the fight. You're hearing about escrows and you're hearing about, you know, private flights to the press conference. Mm. This is pettiness at its pettiness at its best. I mean, we're not just talking about any belt. We're talking about for me the most prestigious belt in boxing, the WBC heavyweight title belt. Some of the names that have, you know, held that belt. And you're less than a month away from the fight, these guys are talking about private jets, they're talking about promotions, they're talking about the most pettiest things. And, I mean, I kind of feel for Frank Warren now, listen, we're all old enough to know if you sign a contract, you honour that contract. And if it, if, it, if it is written in that contract that Dillian White has to be part of promoting the fight, then that's, that's exactly what he's got to do. But if there's also an escrow in this contract, then Frank Warren's got honor at the same time. And I said a few weeks ago to HF on the way back from when we, I said to him, I would not be surprised this fight doesn't happen because this is so petty right now. It's just literally going to a level where you, day after day, you're, you're thinking that this fight might not happen. I mean, like, no disrespect, but Dean White's lawyer, I mean, he just... He, he seemed clueless. I, I don't know why Frank Warren even gave him, the, gave him the time or day. I mean, just like Frank Warren's been in the game for a very long time. He's a Hall of Fame promoter. He's mm. been involved in big contract signings before. For me, and I don't want to sound biased. Everyone knows I'm a big Tyson Fury fan. But for me, I just think Dillian White's team are sort of letting themselves down. Look, I mean, yeah, he's not happy with the split, but... Tyson Fury is the WBC heavyweight champion. He's the number one heavyweight in the world. He's a big face in boxing. Not saying that Dillian White isn't, but Dillian White's not won a world title. 
You know, he's not been in the, involved in the fight with this magnitude. So this is where you kind of understand why there's an 80-20 split. He's still getting eight million pounds or dollars or whatever it is. Plus, I just think he's... plus if he wins, he'll get more. And then I've never heard of like mm. using his image, uh, image right. I've not heard of like this is all new to me. Like, and this is this is a shame for boxing fans like me, yourself, all the other millions of followers out there because you know you you talk about White versus Fury. The first thing you mention is what could potentially go down at the press conference. You know the the needle, the needle digging, the back and forth, the trash talk. You know potentially a a, a, a pull and a push during the face-off. We've not had any of that. So the promotion side of this fight has been very very disappointing, and unfortunately that's Dillian White's part playing it. Ron, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm just gonna ask you direct now, and I want a straight up answer. Do you believe that this fight happens on April the twenty third? Heart says yes. Head says no. I know that's not a direct answer. You know, obviously, I really want this fight to happen. Um, but with what you said and about the back and forth, the bitchiness, um, the financial sides not being agreed or disagreed, or or I can see it, like you said, I'm not going to be surprised if they pull out and they just said, no, screw this, we're not happening. It'd be a massive shame uh, for someone like Dillian White this is the biggest fight of your career. You've been crying out for this. For, you know, you've been, you've got the best resume here as well. I mean, who he hasn't beaten in his resume, uh, Dillian White. Um, you know, he wins this. He's got an extra few million quid on top of what he's, he's been owed, uh, what has been agreed. And he becomes world champion. What and he becomes world for? champion. He, then, he, then he calls all the shots, you know, in a rematch. Uh, do you know what, Ron? The way this whole this first fight's panning out, I wouldn't want to see a rematch because you get more bitchiness then. It's just it's not it's it's not setting a good example. And look, yeah. listen, I'm I'm rather disappointed of how it's been handled. Hence, to why I think we should just move on. Talk about another potential, well, another fight that looks as if it's going to happen in the summer. Uh, the rematch between Alexander Usyk and Anthony Joshua. Um, Alexander Usyk released on his social media that I'll be heading over to the UK to prepare for for, for that fight. Uh, prior to that, we was hearing all sorts of things about Anthony Joshua taking an interim fight. We heard the likes of Joe Joyce being mentioned, Deontay Wilder being mentioned, uh, Luis Ortiz's name was also thrown into the hat. But are you glad that this is AJ's next fight, Ron? Uh, I mean, it's it's been a bit of will he, will he not? You know, then all these other potential fights had been lined up. We were hearing Otto Wallin's name. We heard, uh, what was the other names that we heard? Oh, God. But it's yes, I am glad. I mean, I'm a big AJ fan. I am glad he's fighting him again. But what's happening with his coaching setup? That's a question mark. Well, that from 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 what I'm hearing, it's Angel Fernandez that's going to be in his yeah. Corner. I so... mean, like, what, what's he going to bring? You know, he's not getting rid of uh, Rob McCracken, so mm. he's got to do something completely different to what he did in that first fight. Uh, if he goes anything like that, if he tries to box him again. You know, we, we saw what happened. Clearly, he was outschooled, you know, by uh, Usyk. You know, Usyk's a better boxer. So, I hope Angel Fernandez can bring that kind of aggressive kind of attacking. What Basically, what Tyson Fury did in the second Wilder Fury fight. That's what that kind of game plan he needs to bring to win it. I think, if, look, in regards to the rematch itself, the Anthony Joshua that fought Vladimir Klitschko and Dillian White, if that one turns up, that one wins the fight. 
but I can't see it happening. I mean, you know, we say Usyk outboxed him. You know, I've watched the fight twice, and Usyk's actually hurt him in that fight as well, and he's almost dropped him at the end of the fight and in the middle of the fight. So, I mean, listen, if 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 Joshua thinks he's mixing it up with Usyk and being a more aggressive fighter is going to guarantee him a victory, absolutely no chance. And It's a better chance. I, I, would, I wouldn't it, say he's guaranteeing him, but it, it kind of it leans more in his favour by approaching that fight in that in that manner rather than stay on the back foot you you know you know he's not known for his head movement he's not known for that um yeah i think he was trying to he was confused he's he, you know he's in between styles i think but he needs to stick to one mm-hmm. and i think being the aggressor being the bigger guy using his you know in that fight i can't i couldn't even count one clinch in that fight and that's playing to Usyk's hands. What do you think? Do you agree? I agree. I agree. And I just think that... I think Joshua should have taken an interim fight first. I think, obviously, we know what's going on in over in Ukraine. I think Eddie Hearn and AJ should have said, take all the time. Would you put need. in Joshua with um, Joy Joyce? I would have that put would have been a in, really good fight. I would have put Joshua in with Joe Joyce. I would have put him in with, with any other heavyweight. And we could have seen what this Angel Fernandez brings, what he does differently, what mm. Joshua's potentially learned since that defeat to Usyk. When's I that just... fight been penciled in for then? Is it May? No, is it May? I'm hearing May, uh, May, but June. That's not far off. I mean, we're in end of March right now. That's next month, practically. Yeah, uh, yeah, but look, at the... <sighs> I mean, look, you know, I'll give you an example. Yeah, you know, Tyson Fury took a lot of stick. After the first fight with Deontay Wilder for fighting uh, Otto Wallin and uh, Tom Shorts. But what he did in those two fights is he realised that, and this is no disrespect, he realised that Ben Davis's tactics aren't going to win a second fight with Deontay Wilder. So that's when he changed up the team. And he went out there, he went to the Kronk's gym, he got Sugar Hill Stewart, and they've made him into a totally different fighter. Now we've seen Tyson Fury become a more aggressive fighter. Hence to why I would like to have seen Joshua have had a, a warm-up fight or an interim fight. Yes, it's risky. And yes, had he have lost a potential interim fight, the rematch with Usyk goes out of the window and that's potentially his career finish. But I think he beats Joe Joyce. I think he beats Otto Wallin. I think he beats Luis Ortiz. I don't know about Deontay Wilder because Deontay Wilder's got that kryptonite of a right hand. So I don't know. I'm not filled with any confidence of him going into that rematch. I can't see him beating Usyk. I just think Usyk is all wrong for Anthony Joshua. You know, and it, mm-hmm. it, 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 this is part of boxing. You know, 95% of fighters bump into that one fighter that's just all wrong for him. And I think Usyk is all wrong for, for Joshua. But listen, let's see. You know, a lot of people didn't really give him a chance in the second fight with Andy Ruiz Jr. So anything can happen. Um, are you confident that Joshua pulls it off in the rematch? What do you see happening, Ron? I've got to agree with you for the first time. Um, I don't do that often. Um, <laughs> I can't see. He has to drastically change it up. That's the thing. And has he got it in him to do that? But then you've got someone of the IQ of Usyk, where you're not going to easily just bully him because this, this man's never been bullied, never been. Uh, and he's a smaller man. He's a quicker man. I, I'm still. Le- I'd lean more towards Usyk in the rematch, um, unless he, you know, the only way Joshua wins is a is a knockout. 
Um, do you see him winning on points? No, no chance. There you go. Absolutely sorry. no chance. This guy's got. I mean, Joshua's got a great amateur background. This guy's amateur background is ten times better. Both Olympics, you know, both and, Olympic champions in their and own he's right. He's a two weight world champion, and he yeah. he's a fun. It's as Billy once said. He is the best he's ever fought. His footwork yeah. is out of this world. He's he's a phenomenal fighter. So. I don't know. Let's see what happens. Um, let's move on now. We'll talk about what went down on Saturday night. We had two shows, unfortunately. Um, uh, the first, I think it's the first show clash of the year, and I'm pretty sure there'll be plenty more. But as you can see on the bottom of our screen, screen and the new, because Josh Warrington has become a two-time world champion after stopping Kiko Martinez. Um, I obviously couldn't watch the fight live because I was at the Wembley Arena. Yes, I had my DAZN login, but did I really want to risk the likes of Johnny Nelson and Adam Smith walking past me watching the DAZN show whilst being <laughs> at a Sky Sports show? No, nah, not really. But listen, um, Josh Warrington, when he's got those fans behind him, he's Josh Warrington. And um, congratulations to the Leeds Warrior, two-time world champion. He's had a tough few years, uh, the defeat to Lara, and then obviously that the draw in the rematch never really done in the world of good. And he's now two-time world champion. Massive hats off to uh, Kiko Martinez, a true warrior, you know, a great a great advocate for boxing, you know, come back at the age that he did and won, won a world title for a second time. And, I mean, was Lee one of the Spanish world champion? First yes. Spanish world champion as well. That's a, a remarkable achievement for, exactly. you know, a lesser known um, country in boxing so as well. So well done for that. But I, I, I just, I, I have to be open and honest Josh Warrington's absorbed so much punishment in his career. Did I you mean, see that picture that Eddie Hearn posted? You see the video of him today is dual. No. Like, was, like oh, you look at since, since he's become a world champion, right? He's fought Lee Selby, he's fought uh, Carl Frampton. The Kid Galahad fight, I'm not going to add into this little example I'm going to give you. And then two fights with Maurizio Lara, now this fight with Kiko Martinez. And those five fights that he's been involved with have been absolute tear-ups. They've been barn fests. That is not good for his health. He's absorbed a lot of punishment. He's a great fighter. He's only he's 31 very, years of age as well. He's yeah, not, but you know, the point I want to make next is, is that mm. a lot of people are saying that his next fight should be with Lee Wood. Lee Wood's Ooh. a younger <laughs> fighter. He's a hungry fighter. I, I, would, I would... I'm not going to say he should retire. But I would personally map out the rest of his career very carefully because he's absorbed a lot of punishment. You only have to look at the fight with Maurizio Lara, the first one. You know, and no disrespect to Kiko Martinez, a great fighter, great champion, but he got lucky with a one with, with, with one punch against Kid Galahad. Kid Galahad. Yep, agreed. He was getting schooled throughout that whole mm. fight, but boxing, one punch changes everything. Well, given the fact of what I've just said to you about absorbing all this punishment, would you entertain a fight with a hungry guy like a Lee Wood if he was in Josh Warrington's corner on? Yes. <laughs> that's a simple... That's the money fight, man. You're, you're just a selfish bastard. No, but look, this is it, man. That I mean, Lee Wood was in the fight of the year. We haven't spoken about that fight. Oh, come on. We haven't. I was in Pakistan. My God, that was brilliant to watch mm. that live. And, you know, Mickey Conlon, what a performance as well. You know, he was only seconds away, you know, from winning... Uh, for winning that, you know, great battle there they were having, and mm -hmm. and to be knocked out in that kind of fashion, woof. 
Yeah, I mean that's the next why you you know as a British public will demand for that. I mean, where do you put that? You've got both got really strong support. Um, you know, you got Nottingham and Leeds, so you put them in the middle. Put someone like Manchester, maybe. <laughs> um, that would sell out, man. That, that would be a really popular seller, and and they both bring something to the table as well. Um, but totally take on your point about. Um, you know, Warrington, you know, he's been in some wars. He's, you know, he's a true warrior. Warrior. He's got a great engine on him. Um, and he proved, you know, proved me wrong that that he doesn't punch hard. Well, he got the stoppage win against uh, uh, Kiko Martinez. So uh, all credit to him there. But, you know, you're right. I am a selfish, uh, selfish cunt. But, you know, we need to do, do look at his health. He needs to reevaluate himself. And think about the injuries that he sustained. Hundred percent, man. Listen, uh, I mean, the broken look, jaw and a, is it shoulder as well, or what? what you no, did no, have we, all, we we all mm. want to see the, the 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 best fights, but at the end of the day, look, we, we, you know, we sit there on our sofas and we love seeing tear ups and we love seeing people, you know, battering each other. But at the end of the day, we, you know, these guys have got to consider their health as well. And I, I listen, I've watched his fights with Lee Selby, Carl Frampton, the two fights with Lara, and this one. I watched it uh, last night. You know, he's absorbed a lot of punishment. You know, he, he takes a lot of punches. You know, he reminds me of Ted Cheeseman. They're two fighters that, that are in great fights, that are in 50-50 fights, that don't really have a defense in the fight because mm. they get dragged through the emotions of the fight. And when you've got that lead crowd behind you, spurring you on, you know, you know, eagering you on to just, you know, make it a tear up. That It's hard to ignore that. You know, we've never been in that position, but, you know, when you've got like a great fan base behind you, like Josh Warrington has, he, he's all about entertaining. Um, mm. But having said that, I think he should look to go to America. Leo Santa Cruz, That's Gary the Russell one they're Jr. looking at, yeah. They should, I mean, look, he's, he's got done options ahead of him. I mean, he's either done, or. He's either. done it all in England. He's done it all in the United yeah. Kingdom. He's done it on two platforms. You know, broaden your, hor- uh, sorry, um, broaden your horizons and go over to the US, make a yeah. bit of extra money. You know, you've you've won two world titles now. You don't need to prove anything now. Mm. I just think the fight with Lee Wood is, is is not the right fight. But listen, I'm just a reporter. What do I know? Yeah. I mean, talking about another fight that you mentioned about Lee Selby, did you hear about his defeat? Yeah, very unfortunate. Yeah. Very unfortunate. But again, you know, Lee Selby's a fighter that's trying to rebuild. And he's not yeah, the I think he's calling it a day now. I think he's he's really reevaluating his career options now. Um, which is, you know, it, if he does walk away, then you know he's had a you know he's had a great career 100%, to look back on. Hundred mm. percent, former world champion, great fighter representing uh, Wales. Been involved in some great fights. Still, still enjoy watching that fight he had with Josh Warren and Leeds. He had a good career. Fair play to to Lee Selby. And if he does call a day, then it's definitely a, a loss to British boxing. Um, Ebony Bridges conquers the world by becoming the new world champion by defeating Maria Cecilia Roman. Um, you know what? I'm so made up for her. Uh, you know, a lot of people give her so much stick because of her, her antics at weigh-ins and the lingerie that she wears. But you know, you look at her background, right? She's left her family in Australia. She's left her job as a teacher. She's come over here. She's joined Mark Tibbs' gym. She's shown pure dedication to the sport. She lost a world title fight against Shannon Courtney. 
and she's come out on top now. She's a world champion, and I, I think it's an inspiring story. I don't mm. understand why she gets stick. I think she's good for boxing. I think it's different, you know. And you look at it, right? Australia's got a couple, a couple of world champions now. Her, George Campos's junior. You know, you've mm. got the guys from New Zealand doing what they've got to do. And that mm. part of the world is really looking interesting now in terms of its boxing. But yeah, Ron, what did you make of her performance? And um, oh, are you on this bandwagon with everybody else, or do you think that there genuinely is a real fighter in there that's in it for the right reasons? Uh, look, man, you know she's she brings her own character, her, her own fire, you know, into the weigh-ins, and you know what's the difference between her and uh, what's it called? Um, Chizora throwing tables and spitting water. That first show, you know what I mean? This is it. They're entertainers in, in their own right as well. They've got a, uh, I mean, she's probably kind of bringing a new market into uh, boxing, boxing. You know, people would have watched boxing. They wouldn't watch boxing. So fair play to her. She, you know, she fell short against uh, Shannon Courtney. Uh, but, you know, and you've had the pleasure of meeting her as well and uh, interviewing yeah. her. So what was she like? Is she lovely? She's a lovely lady. She's mm. um, she's dedicated to the sport. I don't understand why she gets a stick. I mean, but then again, not everybody thinks the way we do. There's always going to be people out there with different opinions. But I I was made up for her when I read on Twitter oh. that night that she won the world title. Fantastic. Again, couldn't watch it because I was live at the Sky Sports show. But you know, she deserves it. And the women's boxing right now is thriving. Um, I think a unification with Jamie Mitchell would be a great fight. I'm hoping Shannon Courtney can regain that world title from Jamie Mitchell. She's coming back from injury, from what I know. Yeah. Um, so it's been a long road for her. But, and then hopefully uh, we can get Courtney versus Bridges too for a unification. Yeah. You know, potential main event fight at an, at an arena in the UK. You know, British boxing is, 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 is it's on the rise these days. And again, you know, um, listen, massive shout out to Emily Bridges. I think she's done tremendously well. She's come back from that. Uh, first world title shot brilliantly she's a great professional and i'm a fan of the lingerie anyway if we move on um we talk about the show i was at on saturday night richard Riakpour is on the verge of a world title shot after coming through another 50 50 domestic clash by defeating what was then the undefeated dion juma um originally both fighters were meant to fight on this card but against different opponents both of the opponents pulled out due to injury and this fight was made. And I was in Pakistan. Or was I in Pakistan? Or... Well, wherever I was, when I found out that this fight was being made, I was really excited because obviously Richard Riakpo, everybody knows him, you know, from his uh, days with Eddie Hearn. And now he's one of the main faces at Sky Sports. But I've actually watched Dion Juma fight live quite a few times at small hall shows, interviewed him. Very good fighter. One of the most underrated fighters in British boxing. And I thought he did tremendously well on Saturday night. But... I, the point I make in boxing is simple. Ring inactivity will be your toughest I'm, opponent I'm ever. Just, you took the words right out of my mouth. And I yeah. just, when, when the fight was made, I said a tough fight, but ring inactivity will be the reason why he loses that fight. And he said it himself in interviews after the fight, but no harm done. You know, he's, he's signed with MTK. He's, he's finally got his shot on a big platform like Sky Sports. He'll come again in what is an exciting division. But Richard Riakpoor, I'll tell you one thing, Ron. What a fan base the guy's got. It's like being at Selhurst Park on Saturday night. All those Crystal <laughs> Palace fans. Yeah. I've actually memorised the, um, the the Crystal Palace song right now. I'm not going to sing it because I'm a big-time uh, Liverpool fan. But he's got a great fan base and he's a good mm. fighter. And he deserves a world title shot. But we all know how the cruiserweight division works right now. Marius Bredis is chasing after Jake Paul. Ilunga Makabu is practically sat outside Canelo Alvarez's doorstep waiting for the payday. 
Lawrence Okoli is chasing the world champions. It doesn't look like he's going to get a unification fight. He might be moving up to heavyweight. So where does that leave Richard Riakpo right now? Wow. Well, I'd like to see any of those names that you've mentioned there with Richard Riakpo. I think he's kind of proven his point at the British level. Um, that's his next fight. I think he's got to be aiming there or thereabouts. Uh, you know, maybe even one of the fighters that, um, uh, what's his name? Lawrence Okoli has defeated. You know, that could be a little stepping stone kind of to prove his point, like Glowacki and all, one of those guys. Um, you know, he needs to kind of step up the level of opposition that he, he's facing now. Yeah, I agree. But I, you know what it is, right? When I said about ring inactivity, you know, Richard Riakpo's had a lot of inactivity as well. I think stepping stone fights are fights he can't be looking at. I would love to see the Akoli fight. You know, I think... I think Akoli's kind of chasing big fish at the moment. Yeah. So he's not going to look down. It's a, a risk not worthwhile taking. If you're Akoli's kind of thing, you're like, what do we gain out of this? But if you're Akoli... Because Akoli's been defending his titles. I don't think, you know, Riakpo's at that kind of stage yet. Even though, you know, even though he's... He's got the power, he's got the... Uh, but I think in the boxing world, he hasn't got that name established yet. But if you're a Coley, you also look at the positive side of this fight. British, two, undefeated, yeah, two undefeated fighters from London. One from South London, one from... Um, I think Hackney's in the East, I'm not too sure. But anyway, two undefeated British fighters. And uh, the real plus for this is, one's with Matchroom and the Zone, one's with Sky Sports... They separated from each other at the back end of last year. But again, that's a, I mean, I know we say it's a positive, but it's also a stumbling block, which is another reason why I'd love to see the fight happen. Having said that, I do somehow feel as if a Cody will fight Bradus, because if Bradus went and fought Jake Paul now, it, he would lose so much credibility. Macabre's going to hold out for Canelo, don't care what anybody says. So I do see a Cody and Bradus happening. If not, I see a Cody going up to heavyweight. And then that's a belt that gets vacated and maybe that's where React Core steps up. Having said that, I think there will be another step up fight for him. I, I, I think he's ready for a world title shot. I was really impressed. Really? With, next, you reckon next fight? Yeah, I, listen, I was impressed. I mean, I've watched a couple mm. of his fights since going with Sky Sports. Oh, he's I've definitely been, got power. I'm not going to underestimate that. Um, and it was good to see that Dion Juma did give him a few problems, you know, kind of that he had to work out. And he bided his time and got the, you know, and it was a great knockout, knockout as well. From what I've heard, Dion Juma was apparently up on the scorecards and um, I had it as a close fight. I think the, obviously mm. the first knockdown was in round four. Obviously the fight ended in round eight. But having said that, I think Reactor was ready for a world title shot. Fair enough. I'd love, to, I'd love to see more of Dion Juma as well. I think you got to take your hats off to the guy, man. He's not fought for God knows how long and he gets back in the ring with, you know, probably the second best British cruiserweight fighter right now in the country. So, you know, he that that does well for his um uh for his profile. But I just think now I think what Sky Sports and Boxer need now is they need a couple of world champions in this stable. I'm not gonna sit here and knock them. I know they got Tasha Jonas who's just won a world title on the Khan Brook undercard. But now they really need to start pushing the likes of the Richard Reactors, you know, the Florian Marcus you know, oh, they've also got Savannah Marshall, but they need a male figure now that can hold a world title strap around their chest. Um, let's talk a bit more about that show. The Azim brothers stole the show for me on Saturday night at the SSE Arena in Wembley. Hassan and Az, um, Adam Azim. Do you know what? 
this is such an exciting time for boxing. Got two young British Pakistani fighters from Slough on the same network, promoted by the same promotion, fighting on the same cards, and they are getting better and better. Hassan Azim, very impressive performance. But Adam Azim went into the fight on Saturday night against Conor Mars and a former Southern Area champion. You know, uh, a risky fight at best, a true 50 50 fight. And he stopped the guy in 12 seconds. 12 seconds, yeah. One thing I like about this, these two brothers is, is that they're improving. You know, you see fighters that are starting off in their career, like, for example, Campbell Hatton, unfortunately gets a lot of stick. But these two guys, they just look as if they're, they're making light work of it at the moment. Now, I know mm. we can't push these guys quickly. But what do you do with these guys over the next 18 months from what you've seen from their first few fights, Ron? Well, I mean, I'm hearing a lot more buzz about Adam Azim. Um, they're predicting to be a future world champion at very early in his career, like 21, 22. He's looking at those records set by Nazim Hamid, um, who, who was able to achieve that feat. Um, it's going to be the right fights at the right time. I think I left a comment on, on one of your videos. Um, he's going to have the right sort of tests. The next fight is going to be even a more of a step up. This was supposed to be a step up, this Southern Area champion in Marsden. So he's going to get someone who's going to give him round, who's going to give him a few problems, who's going to test his chin. Because, look, if we're not careful, he could, you know, with I'm just talk, reflecting back on Amir Khan's career, that we started seeing some cracks. You know, he was getting knocked down by lesser fighters. But then... You know, when he got to someone like, um, what's his name, Bradis Prescott. So I want to see Adam Azim getting some rounds in. You know, someone who's going to be durable and not going to be on the back foot constantly. We didn't get to see much of that against Marsden, but let's take nothing away from that. that the power that he demonstrated there is awesome, you know. Um, so that that that's the that would be my next step with him is get someone who can really test him, um, a European level, someone who who's got a good chin on him as well. Um, that that that's my that's my prediction for him. I, I couldn't agree more with you. They're still babies. They're still young. They're yeah, still twenty. Young. He's twenty years old. Exactly. He's nineteen. Only you know he's only turned twenty recently. Mm. But look, these guys are hungry. And Absolutely. From time and to time, you have to feed Great attitude. Fighters. Great attitude. I love oh, yes. the way they talk, the way they hold themselves. Uh, very humble. Um, and they're under the, you know, with Shane McGuigan. I mean, they've got a great, you know, kind of operator. Um, Mate, in listen, boxing. That, his stable right now, uh, the Zine brothers, Caroline, Caroline Dubois. Daniel Dubois, Daniel Dubois, Lawrence Cody, Billum Smith, Anthony Fowler, Robbie Davis Jr. My God, he's got one tremendous stadium. Sorry, one tremendous stable, <laughs> and they are growing massively, yeah. and they're improving as well. Um, listen, I mean, you know, you heard the interviews at the end of their fights. Um, Adam wants to become a world champion by the time he's twenty-one, but they're they're with they're with a good platform, and they've got a good trainer with them. You know, so they're going to be managed properly. You know, they're being well looked after. I just think it's a it's a shame because when we look at British Pakistani boxers. The first question that people ask these days, these days, is he going to be the next Amir Khan? You know, listen, Amir Khan done great things for boxing. Don't get me wrong, but 
why do we need to have the next Amir Khan? Let's have the next guy, the next British Pakistani guy come into boxing and let's have him make it on his own accord. We don't need the next Amir Khan. It's like we're never going to get the next Nazim Hamid or the next Chris Eubank Sr. Let's have the next face of boxing come through. You know, and listen, we all, we loved every minute of the Amir Khan journey. You know, the journey's still going on, whether we agree with it or not. But I just think we need to stop comparing these guys to Amir Khan. You can't compare a guy that's had four fights to Amir Khan. Compare him after he's had a couple of shots at a world title or when he's won the British or the European. Or don't even compare him at all. These guys, right, have got to make it on their own. You know, we don't want to see the next Amir Khan. We want to see, I want to see the next face of boxing. I want to see the next mm. young British Pakistani fighter that could potentially go better than Amir Khan. You know, and it, listen, it can happen, but we know that this is a, a dangerous sport. And as you said, Amir Khan, it all went wrong against Bradis Prescott. I remember him being knocked down against uh, Willie Lindman early. Uh, you see the point player. I'm making. That... I, I get the point what you're making, and I think rounds are important. Don't get me wrong, we all rounds see... are important. That chin check is important because hmm. he's not been, you know, uh, but absolutely, they're doing the right thing. He's only four fights. This was a risky fight, you know, against someone who was a lot more experienced than him um, and, you know, had won something significant in his career so far. So that, you know, and he, what he did to him in, what, 30 seconds in total, mm -hmm. that speaks volumes. Yeah. The younger brother's a good fighter as well, Hassan Azim. You know, these, I mean, I think... Is, it's that a, no, is it Hassan the older brother or no, a no, younger? Hassan, ha Hassan's the younger one. And I think it's a bit... Oh, really? Okay. A bit slightly unfair that the limelight was all on his brother, but look... It's man, the flip. Both, it's the flip that does it. <laughs> It is, but listen, congratulations to both of them. Yeah, um, they, 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 they're both doing tremendously well. They've featured on some big cards. That can only do wonders for their career. Um, I'd like to see more rounds under their belt, and fingers crossed that's, uh, that's what will happen uh, within the next six to 18 months of their career. Let's move on, and we'll talk about the big announcement um, that was released on the weekend. George Cambosis Jr. versus Devin Haney for the Undisputed Lightweight Championship of the World. Scheduled for June the 5th in Australia. Um, Devin Haney's contract ran out with Matchroom and The Zone. So he signed with uh, Bob Arum and Louis DeBella. And the fight, I believe, is going to take place on ESPN. But this is a, a legendary fight in the making. Two great undefeated fighters. Two of the only remaining undefeated fighters as well. Well, Tank and Ryan Garcia, but they don't fight often enough for me. A great fight, June the 5th, Australia. Ron, at the start of the year, you were saying how you wanted to see an undisputed clash in this weight. We've got it now. Um, just talk to me about what you think of the fight. Glad. I'm glad it's being made with someone. It was um, it was supposed to be uh, Vasily Lamachenko, uh, but he's tied up in uh, what's happening in Ukraine, uh, sadly. So all the best to him. Um Bloody hell, about bloody time. And, you know, it's good for Australian boxing. You, you were, you know, singing about the praises of Australian boxing, kind of making its mark uh, with more and more fighters coming through. And obviously we've got world title holder. I in forgot Pelosi. to mention uh, Dempsey McKean as well, the heavyweight mm. that made his UK debut on the Lance Coley on the card a few weeks ago. You know, it's they, 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 listen, we, you know, we, we know how good the boxing is over here. You, what, what you want to see from in other countries in the world is you want to see the sport grow. Yeah. An undisputed clash in Australia on June the 5th. I mean, that's ballsy for Devin Haney. I mean, Americans normally call all the shots. We're going to 
you know, holding the fights there, you know, Madison Square Garden, that would have sold that out. You know, you could have put that anywhere in the US and it would have been a very popular fight. But it's in Australia. Now, could that work in his favour with the home support? You know, that, uh, I mean, how will Devin Haney fare? You know, we know how talented he is. He's brilliant. You know, he's a f- future of boxing. Um, you know, some people have compared him as the next Floyd May- Mayweather as well. Um, he's worked with Floyd Mayweather. Um, no, I'm really excited about this. I think it will be a great dust-up. Uh, we saw Cambosis showed great heart uh, against that win against uh, Tiafimo Lopez, uh, which nobody predicted. People thought it'd be a done and dusted, you know, Tiafimo to kind of hold on to his title after his performance against Vasily Lomachenko. But, I mean, Destiny had other ideas. I think that, we've got we've got to give a lot of credit to George Com- Com- Cambosis here. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, um, you know, come on the scene, fought Lee Selby, beat him in the UK, and then he, he takes the fight with uh, Teofimo Lopez and he does the unthinkable because I didn't, I didn't think he was going to win that fight. And now he's headlining an undisputed fight in his own, own home country. That just goes to show you, man, one minute you can be a face that not many people have heard of and the next minute you could be the face. That is the best side of, of the boxing business. Mm. A few good wins, a few good performances, make a little bit of noise. The world is your oyster. This guy is going to be headlining in his own home country, in his home country in Australia, an undisputed lightweight title fight against another undefeated fighter in Devin Haney, a good fighter in Devin Haney. Um, the fight itself, uh, you touched on something about home advantage. Didn't Jeff Horn get a bit of a controversial decision uh, against Manny Pacquiao in Australia? Oh my God, let's not talk about that. So, that was a robbery. Yeah. Well, we, we 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 could talk about robberies all day long, but let's not um, because I don't want I don't want to really look at any of the negatives going into this fight. But it is a point you do have to talk about, and I think when you mentioned Cambosis uh, fighting in his own backyard, for me Haney has to change his game plan going into the fight. We saw Cambosis is capable of being hurt, which he was hurt against uh, Teofimo Lopez. If you're in Haney's corner for that fight, do you think a points decision is the wise? game plan to go into or would you think and look at the fight with Teofimo Lopez and think to yourself wait hold on a second this guy's shown he's vulnerable in the past we're more than capable of getting knocked down what do you do you've got to take the fight to him you know you're going to someone's backyard you're traveling all that far you've got to you've got to show that you've got to do something spectacular in front of the judges to kind of get the to get the W that makes sense because if he's going for a, you know, the pin uh, for points, it could go either way. He doesn't want to leave any stone unturned. He wants to give him himself every opportunity to come and demonstrate that he is the clear winner. I was watching Creed one the other day, and um, just before he signs the fight to fight uh, Ricky Conlon, aka Tony Bellew, he said something. Rocky said something that you just said, but he said it along the lines of, "I've seen this fight before." I've been in this fight before. You have to take the fight to him. And I think that's exactly what Devin Haney's got to do. I would not want to potentially leave the decision to the judges. I think he has to take the fight to Manny, One of the the all-time goats, Manny Pacquiao, can get cheated out of a decision. I'm I'm not saying that he will get cheated, but, you know, Manny Pacquiao probably thought he'd done enough, more than enough. But clearly, you know, 
the judges didn't like what he did. Um, but look, these things happen in boxing. But the only thing you as a boxer could do, put an extra 10%, 20% in to make the decision a lot, lot easier, you know, as a TKO or a, T, or a KO and take it out of the judges' hands. So, well, we shall see on June the 5th in Australia. What's the time difference? From UK to Australia. Oh God, it's like twelve hours or something. It's ridiculous oh, like that. Yeah. So well, glad I never. It'll be a lot friendlier than it is when we're watching a fight in uh, the US, where we have to be up until you know stupid o'clock, like yeah, four o'clock in the morning. We've been doing that for years now. We're used to it. I know. I, mean, I know. You know I mean, I'm getting, maybe I'm getting a bit too old for it now. And you don't, don't watch the undercard. You sleep. And then you wake up. I've experienced it with you, okay? So don't be like, I hey, sit up maybe. all night waiting. You, you sit there and dreaming about God knows what. I have to wake you up, all right? <laughs> don't forget Wilder Ortiz. Yeah, I'm awake, man. Five seconds later. Wake yeah. up, ring walk. But no, listen, big fight. Um, give me a prediction for the fight. What do you think happens? <sighs> Haney. I'm going for Cambosas. I think Cambosas is going to stop him. Dev, Devin the Dream Haney, man. Come on. Nah. No. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I like Cambosis, man. I'm, I've warmed to him massively. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, uh, listen, you know, my, my, my prediction might change, but one thing that you've seen in the past is my predictions are usually spot on. So I'm not going to lie with you there, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with my gut here with Devin Haney. But we, let's, we'll, I'm sure we'll do a, a little chat about this more nearer the time anyway. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Ron, anything else you want to add, mate? I think we've gone through all the topics. No, no, no. Um... Oh, sorry, sorry, we haven't. Last one. Um, <laughs> after his win against Amir Khan, the next move of Kell Brook is still yet undecided. We know. Listen, hold on, hold on. Do you want to call Asif for this one, or you know, I can step out <laughs> from this one? No, and... no, 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 no. Let's let's not. Um, but yeah, a lot of people have been calling for a fight with Kell Brook, but it now seems as if. Chris Eubank Jr. versus Kell Brook could happen at some point this summer. Chris Eubank Jr. said today on an interview with TalkSport that he is willing to go down to 158 pounds to fight Kell Brook. Um, it seemed like Amir Khan was going to invoke his rematch clause, but apparently from what I'm hearing, Amir Khan might fancy a potential warm-up fight before looking to fight Kell Brook again. Conor Ben fights in a few weeks' time against uh, Van Herden. So, I think this fight does happen. But at 158 pounds... Kelbrook's fought at 160 before. It didn't work. Chris Eubank Jr.'s fought, I think, at 154. It's only two pounds below his weight limit. Does this give Chris Eubank Jr. an advantage or does it give him a disadvantage? I mean, Chris Eubank, whenever you've seen him, he doesn't blow up in weight. He's like a you know, machine. He's a well-run machine. He keeps himself looking trim but for Kel Brook you know you've seen him when he's out of kind of when he's not fighting he just balloons so I think for Chris Eubank it is not a, it's not a problem um, out of the two um, but you know Kel Brook's you know got to think about this you know is it is he giving away too much is he playing into his hands but I think that's a good catch weight for the both of them anyway um, he doesn't want to make it any more, you know. Then and then it plays into Eubanks' kind of hands. I like the fight. I think it's a good fight. 
Well, what do they? What does each other get out of it, though? No, look. I mean, like yeah, in terms of the grand scheme of things, for listen, Ron, Kell Brook's conquered the world. He's a former world champion. He could take whatever fight he wants right now. Why is Chris Eubank Jr. still fighting at British domestic level? I, I don't get it. No, like, what, that's what I don't get. He should how be... many more domestic fights are you going to have? I mean, you know, it, it's funny because ever since he's beaten Liam Williams, right, all I've heard is, yeah, I'd love the rematch with uh, Billy Joe Saunders or, you know, oh, I'd love the Kelbrook fight. Yeah, he's, he has spoken about Golovkin and Murata, but it's not made enough noise. I mean, like, right, you're not going to get a world title shot because Golovkin and Murata are tied up. You know, chase the Charlo fight. You know, I mean, Andrade. Andrade didn't need to, doesn't need to fight Zach Parker. That's another fight you could have chased. You know, I mean, you, you claim you, you can fight at one hundred and sixty eight pounds. You know, go after the Benavides or the the Caleb Plants. Mm. I, I mean, I'm, I just don't. I don't. I don't. I struggle to understand what is the path that they're on with Chris Eubank Jr. I mean, like he's done with domestic fights. Just get. A world level operator, and it's no disrespect to Kelbrook. You know, it is it is a big fight for Britain, but it is a big fight for British boxing. But why are you constantly still at domestic level? I mean, how much more time does this guy want to waste in his career? Yeah, you know, agreed. It, it, it pisses me off because I want to see him fight a Golovkin or a Morata. Because one thing I agree with Asif is, if this guy fought a Canelo or a Golovkin or any of the world elite fighters, you know, this guy is going to throw everything, including the kitchen sink, in the fight. So the fact that He's still waiting to have his career-defining fight, says it all. I mean, we you can slake Billy Joe Saunders all you want, but don't take away the fact that Billy Joe Saunders is a two-weight world champion. He's had his career-defining fight with Canelo, regardless of the outcome. He went and schooled David Lemieux in his backyard. He's had the big fights. Chris Eubank Jr. has not had these big, big fights. And you would think with someone like Roy Jones Jr. in his corner, who knows the sport better than anybody, who knows what it means to fight these big, huge fights, You'd think Roy Jones Jr. would push him in that direction. What do you think the reason is why he's not got these big fights yet? I don't know. I, I just generally... I, I, I totally agree with you. What does he gain? He beats a, an, you know, over-the-hill over uh, Kell Brook, you know, who put in a, a, a stunning performance in Amerikan and settled on old feud. He doesn't get anything, you know. He doesn't get recognition. Well, you beat a smaller guy. doesn't, you know... Um, if I was a Golovkin or a Murata, I would say, okay, well, fight someone your own size, you know? Uh, why are you fighting someone considerably a lot smaller than you? But it makes money. It, it attracts a British attention. Um, you can imagine the fanfare and the the gloves are off between the two of those two. It would be tasty. But I'm looking at the grand scheme of things. Uh, I want to see him progress his career in the middleweight, super middleweight division. All those names that you mentioned, he should be calling them out. He should be stepping in the ring with them. Uh, but fighting someone at that level, you know, not someone that's past it and not someone that's not in his division either. So that that's a, a bit of a concern for him. He's wasting time. He's, what, 32, 33 now, Chris Eubanks uh, Jr. Uh, I like him. I'm a big fan of his as well. Um, not big and massive, though. No, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, ask him so yeah. Um, look, he's had some <laughs> I, great. I know British what you were going to say, dude. I mean, he had um, he had some great British kind of tear ups, you know, with the bro, oh, oh, with with Billy Joe Saunders. I mean, we've um, what's his name? Liam uh, Williams. Liam Williams. Oh, who am I thinking of? Uh, James DeGale. 
Um, I know, but th this is it. You know, you're past that stage. You want that American fight where you're fighting on the, under the American audience and you put on a perform a dazzling performance where they're thinking, yeah, he this guy's a real deal. And it's not like he doesn't attract attention. He's got Roy Jones Jr. in his corner. In his corner, He's probably the face of Sky Sports Boxing right now. You know, he'll make a couple of million for fighting Kell Brook, but can you imagine the money he'd generate if he was to go fight uh, a Charlo or a Golovkin or an Andrade, you know? I'm just, I don't know, man. Like, what is he, that, Which banner is he under? Is he under Boxer or is he under... Boxer, match? Sky Sports, Wasserman, he's with... Mainly, yes, yes, yeah. But, so, I mean, sure. like the, the Soundlands, you know, I mean, they, they obviously play a huge part in, in his career. You know, I'm gonna have to sit down with my old friend Kala Soundland at some point and be like, listen, I mean, at what point do you stop looking at British fights and think, yeah, do you know what? Time isn't our best friend right now. This guy needs to be mixing it with the world top elite fighters, and I think right now. Is the best time to catch a Golovkin. Murat um, has not had that huge test. You know, Munguia apparently is fighting Danny Jacobs. Ooh, I um, like that. I like that. You know, the Charlos have not had the ultimate they've been, test. They've been very slated, and this is it. That could be a win-win situation exactly, for everyone. Man. And it's you know, just the Charlo like, fight, brilliant. You, you you've know? got good names on your record, British fighters, but getting a world elite, elite fighter on your record and then then that is when you know the canelos the golovkins these fighters take notice and think yeah do you know what generates money good publicity i feel as if i could beat him he's lost twice already you know but you want to you really want to see you know what i want to see the, why i want to see him fight the most is because why i want to see him fight an elite world level fighter is because i want to see how he adapts under roy jones jr i mean like at british level it's you can't really make out a lot of what he's like. But you will know what Chris Eubank Jr. has learned from Roy Jones Jr. if he fought a Golovkin or a Morata or an Andrade because those are the big, big fights. Those are the elite fights. Those are the fights you have to win. Let's say the fight with Chris Eubank Jr. and Kelbrook happens. Give us a prediction. Who wins? Eubank. I think Eubank wins as well. I think you yep. stopped him. Stops him early. Yeah, um, bigger man. He's got a lot more in his tank left than uh, Kelbrook has. I mean, we we spoke at this uh, lengths in our last pod where we said, look, Kelbrook, retire. You've got your, you know, this is your moment in the sun. You know, you've beat, you know, you've beaten your old rival. You've got nothing left to prove. Um, but let me ask you on the question: Does if he takes that Eubank fight? Um, does Amicon does he have to pay Amicon st step aside money? I, I because Amicon can invoke I, that rematch, so that's what I'm hearing that he has to pay him like two million or three million well, or something. I mean, he's at the latter stages of his career. Does he really want to be given step aside money? No, just take the rematch with Amicon, make more money, beat him again, and then fight Chris Eubank Jr. You I don't think Amir Khan really wants that fight, but he's he's a very clever business decision. That makes sense. I mean, I don't. Know. I yes. mean, that's my that's my thinking. It's 2022. We're still talking about fighters that started off in 2006, 2005. 
I don't know, man. I mean, Amir Khan, look, apparently from what I'm hearing, he's going to carry on. There's this rumour going around saying that he could potentially fight Florian Marku, given the fact that Florian Marku wins on Saturday night. Good fight, is it? Yeah. Does a win for Amir Khan do anything? No. Does a defeat do anything for Amir Khan? Yeah. He needs to leave the sport if he lost to Florian Marku. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. I I think if I was Kell Brook right now, don't give him step aside money. Take the fight again. You know, Amir Khan's coming out with the fact that he only had 10 weeks of train and Kell Brook had six months to train. Well, if that's the case, why on earth did you sign a contract for the fight? You know, the fight that has been spoken about for 10 years and you've got to sign the contract for it on 10 weeks' notice. Why? It doesn't make no sense. I think it's ex- be, if, if he did come back for the rematch, who would even train him? I well, think... Domac wouldn't train him because I should imagine Crawford's going to be busy now. Well, Ooh. look, no, they don't want to. They don't want to associate their name with him again because you know it, it doesn't reflect well on their brand. You know, I, uh, I wouldn't say it's about associating the name with him. I mean, like, no, I mean, no, no, no. I mean, like, boxing, obviously, you know? it, it, there was these high expectations mm-hmm. of you know he had. He said he had a very good training camp. He felt fitter than ever. It just didn't come off. He just can, I, can, can I just say as well, Ron, in an interview with Sky Sports after that fight, he said that the love for the sport was gone. That is, at a, that is a point in a fighter's career. When the love for the sport is not there anymore, that is when you hang up your gloves and say goodbye. Thank okay. you for the memories. Mm-hmm. What has changed in the last month or so? I really don't understand. But listen, and if you want to, if you want if to there continue... Was some, if there was an ounce of something that we could have taken away from that fight... Positive, yeah. Positive, something positive. He, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, there's a few points I had a disagreement with. I thought it was dropped too early. No, 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 no he was he he battered Amir Khan. The fact that he even went six rounds mm. it, uh, surprises me. It should have been stopped probably in round four. Listen, you, uh, I give full credit to Amir Khan. He did he come he tried till the very last second of that fight, but that fight showed why Amir Khan is not at this level anymore. And if he fought Kelbrook again, the fight would end a lot earlier because Kelbrook would knock him out quicker than he did the last time. Um. I don't know. Listen, two-weight world champion, former Olympic silver medalist, you know, opened so many doors for young British boxers. Call it a day. You know, respect you highly. You are definitely, no doubt, a boxing legend. You've made a lot of money from the sport. It's time to go. There's, you don't need to prove anything. You've given the fans what we wanted. You know, yes, you lost to Brook. Is that a big record now? Is that six? Six, but he's lot. He's lost to great fighters. Yeah, all credible. Canelo, Garcia. There's no Crawford. There's no harm in losing to these guys. But if he carries on, will we watch it? Yeah, we will for the love of the sport. But do we want to see his legacy get tarnished even more? No. Can you can you imagine one of these young welterweights beats Amir Khan? It's just tarnishing his reputation, in my opinion. Mm. I mean, I definitely wouldn't put him in with a Connor Ben. No, 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 absolutely no chance. I wouldn't put him in 
with a McKinson. I wouldn't put him in with a Florian Marku. Just, you Virgil know, if you, no, if you want to carry on fighting, you know, go and open the doors in Dubai and take fights there. You'll make silly money, guaranteed victories. Anyway, that's all we've got time for, Ron, because I feel as if we carried on talking about this, someone's going to end up with a broken screen. And that's the last thing we wanted. Um, before I let you go, Ron, anything else you want to add? No, mate. Looking forward to the boxing coming ahead. That's it. Yeah, you and me both, mate. And fingers crossed we get that fight come April the 23rd. Um, guys, that's all we have got time for. Thank you very much for taking your time out to listen to our 50th podcast. And if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button, turn on the bell for notifications. Check us out on all the social media platforms. Give the ugly mug a follow as well on Instagram. He hasn't got many followers. He, he could do a few followers as well. Um, and yeah, once again, thank you very much for your time. Ron, who has just dropped his phone, laptop. <laughs> Can't remind me of David Gea there. But yeah, Ron, thank you very much for your time, mate. Podcast Always a pleasure. 51, fingers crossed for next week. And to the viewers out there, thank you for watching Podcast 51 of the Lights Out Boxing Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.